Welcome to the Joyful Selling for Creative Professionals podcast with me, creative sales coach Leona Baker. You're passionate about the products you create, and I'm on a mission to help creative professionals become financially successful and have fun along the way. I teach practical tools to authentically market, joyfully sell, and get organized with time and money. Let's dive in. part of my celebrating 20 years in self-employed creative business ownership. (laughs) So I had we planned to do this over two episodes and I got to the point last week where I realized I couldn't really share everything in one go. So today I want to look at the latter part of my own journey. Just a quick whistle-stop tour, my friends, which is Lucky Dip Club, Indie Roller, and Joyful Selling. And then I want to share with you something that I've been thinking about and reflecting upon as I've been talking to a lot of friends, peers, colleagues, all about being in business for 20 years, working for myself for 20 years, and really celebrating it, like really allowing myself to sit in the fact of it, right? The actual fact of 20 years. I I, I just want to go, oh, but it only seems like 20 minutes. (laughs) It seems like just just 20 days. It hasn't been. I think it's really essential that when we create results in our business when we create sea lines in our business the sea line of the model which is neutral facts I've been coaching on this in joyful selling this week with a couple of members actually uh one member in the live coaching call and uh, a, a couple of other members in our email coaching facility ask a coach and in all instances it's They've been experiencing scarcity thoughts where we're looking at planning our revenue goal for the year or deciding our revenue goal for the year. And they are stuck in thoughts telling themselves that what they've earned so far is not enough. And when we tell ourselves something is not enough, that's a scarcity thought. And it really holds us back from moving towards what it is that we want to create because we haven't owned what it is that we've done so far. So in all instances, I've asked them to share how much money they've created so far in their business um, or another member had talked about the five-month buffer she had created in her business. So if she couldn't work for five months, she'd created a reserve of cash in her business. But when we were talking about that and talking about the fact of having created that, her brain just wanted to dwell on the times when she had been making more money working in employment. And this came up for another member in Ask Coach when she had been 
previously in her business and for someone else that had come up when she was working as a freelancer for a different company. So when when we kind of want to really dwell in, I'm not earning as much money as I used to earn and I'm what I'm doing right now isn't enough. And then we can get so deflated and demotivated in that state of being that we don't, you know, go out and market and sell the products to kind of create the revenue we want to. So we have to really pause for a moment, like really slow our brains down and be aware of how we're talking to ourselves about our past. This is how we ended last week's uh, episode, wasn't it? So this is quite resonant. Um, To pause, become aware of how I'm talking to myself about what I've created in the past and how I'm using that against myself right now versus looking at the facts about what I have created in my business so far. And then the different... I walk down that path with each member in the different coaching scenarios and they've created so much in their business, right? Thousands of pounds worth of sales, um, loads of products, loads of happy customers, um, you know, even reserves of cash uh, in this uh, member's business life, you know, this five month reserve of cash, if she couldn't, work for five months I mean how amazing is that to have created that in your business yet your brain wants to play tip for tap that it's not as good as what you had once created in the past and I think the thing to remember is that when we're starting our businesses particularly in the first couple of years you know we're getting back to that stage where we want to earn the money that we want to earn maybe we want to match the income of a previous job or a previous business. But what we're doing is we're also starting a new business, right? Which involves designing new products, figuring out how to sell it, working out the customer messaging, uh, setting up the places to sell, the website, the marketplaces, building new relationships with retailers, right? There is so much that is happening in a business in the first few years. That on top of that, we want to get to the place where we're creating the money we want to make. And it might just be that we have to uh, celebrate all of the byproducts that, that we're creating, you know, the results that we're creating that aren't financial alongside the money that we have made. And so... When I think about my own creative journey and how I decide to talk to myself about those 20 years in business that I've now had, the ups and downs, the zillions of mistakes. I mean, I've got to the place where I don't see them as mistakes. We have this saying in Joyful Selling, which is I win or I learn. And I have created so much success and I have learned just as much (laughs) right I am a totally different person in the experiences that I've been through in all of my businesses so how I ended last week's 
episode, I think I started to talk about having this idea for Lucky Dip Club. And it came to me quite quickly. And I, I remember, I think I still have the, uh, I wrote it on the back of an envelope. I just had this idea. I was just like, okay, I was remembering the Lucky Dips that I used to send out in my first business, Lady Little's Okay. We used to do this Lucky Dip so you'd get in a candy stripe bag, a mixture of jewellery. You didn't know what you were going to get. And it was our best-selling product ever. We'd created tens of thousands of pounds with these lucky dips. And I had really, you know, evolved that product from a singular lucky dip. Then they were colour-themed. And then I would do seasonal ones. And then we would do larger swag bags. And, you know, I really had a lot of fun and a lot of creativity with the concept of a lucky dip. So I just wrote down on a back of a piece of envelope this idea of creating recurring revenue. I was like, well, what if, because I knew that I had lots of customers that were coming to me and buying these lucky dips every month. They were buying them to gift to friends for birthdays, for celebrations, for secret Santas, for all kinds of reasons. And the same names would keep popping up. So I was like, well, what if this would be a subscription box? And I don't think I use the word subscription box. I think what I said to myself, I must find that um, envelope. It is somewhere. I think it was something along the lines of, I want to send surprises in the post each month. Something like that. (laughs) But someone would pay me a direct debit, like it would come out of their account each month, and I would send them a different lucky dip every month. Like it was that simple. And I was like, yes, holy shit, this is genius. And I I came up with the idea, Lucky Dip Club, you know, and I sketched a kind of, um, I'm a terrible drawer, but I kind of did this, drawing where it was just like confetti because I imagine this celebration coming through the letterbox this kind of confetti cannon coming through and the surprise each month and I I was living in Hackney Wick at the time and Sam was living around the corner and so I was just like can I come around I've got an idea and I told him the idea and he was like, yeah, that's great. And that's all I needed. He was like, yeah, that's a great idea. I was like, right, let's go. Let's do this. Uh, it was such a simple idea. And he didn't entertain any thoughts along the lines of, would anyone pay me money every month and not know what they're getting? Like, like that didn't even come into my brain. I was just so lit up with this idea of surprising people in the post every month. Like, it's your birthday every month, my friend. We're just going to celebrate. Who cares? And if you don't want it, gift it, right? (laughs) And so I started talking about it on Instagram, which I've been using for my uh, vintage business. So I knew I had to start a new account. But I kind of, I did this thing at first because I also had a lot of vintage stuff around. So for the first few boxes, I actually uh, put in vintage items. And I think our tagline in the beginning was something like vintage and handmade. And then once all the vintage stuff had uh, gone out the door, it was about handmade. And then as the subscribers grew, uh, 
I just removed the handmade from it. And it was about being products being independently produced and being limited, limited edition. So I have always loved collaboration. I've always loved working with other people. As humans, we are just hardwired for connection. So reaching out to illustrators that I love and makers, knitters, all kinds of creative, wondrous folk, reaching out to them and going, I have this subscription box. I love what you do. Can we work together to create something? And yeah, I ran Lucky Dip Club for five years and I did have a studio in Hackney for about, I don't don't know, maybe about a year. And I employed, I was going to say, I employed some friends to come and work for me, but they weren't friends. They became friends. (laughs) Just think think of them as friends Um, to help me pack the boxes when I got over 700 subscribers. Because I remember one day being in the corner of my living room, packing 700 boxes, just crying and having to put Queen on the record player. I put Queen on and Madonna because I needed really hardcore rocking tunes to get me through it. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is the ceiling. It doesn't need to be hard, right? Which I'm going to come back to that thought later. Because, you know, up until that point, Being an independent person, you know, thinking independently and creating my own money independently has always been a huge driver for me. And what I've come to realize very recently over the past few years is that I can ask for help. And that seems such a simple statement, doesn't it? Like allowing myself to ask for help but until that point it had always come really difficult like I would push it up until the last possible moment before I would dare kind of reach out and ask someone to help me hey I'm just going to interrupt this episode real quick and tell you about the joyful selling for creative professionals program if you want to create consistent money from your products please join us Just head over to www.indieroller.com to enter your email address to find out more. Every Monday, I'll prepare you to join us by ensuring you're familiar with our process and tools, which you can start applying straight away. And when we next open our doors, I'll see you on the inside. And now let's get back to the episode. So Lucky Dip Club came to an end at the end of 2019, because I'd already started Indie Roller in 2017. So they overlapped by two years. And all Indie Roller was, if I'm honest with you, it was a cry for help at the beginning. It came from an Instagram post where I had given birth to Lola. We were living in Glasgow then. So we had like this big tenement flat in Glasgow. And one of the rooms was where I ran Lucky Dip Club from because, you know, I was pregnant and I knew I would be um, breastfeeding and, you know, caring for a small baby whilst keeping my business going. So I didn't want to be going out to an outside office. So we rented a flat that was big enough to run the business from. And I did a shout out on Instagram, met three 
new people who had been following along and they came in to help me pack the boxes as I became a mum. And I was a couple of months into that and, you know, waking up every half an hour to breastfeed. I remember doing a webinar at like two in the morning with the Milk Meg in Australia just to help me figure out breastfeeding. Um, it was it was hard. It, it was a difficult time. And I hadn't really ever been vulnerable on Instagram up until that point. Like I hadn't ever really brought through my own voice at the times when I felt vulnerable and that was a boundary that I had created it was an unconscious boundary like I hadn't really thought it through but it was part of my whole kind of um exterior of protect it's self-protection exterior um the kind of part of me that was just like I'm okay Every, no, no need to ask me if I'm okay. I'm doing fine. You know, don't look at me. Look the other way. <laughs> Not wanting to draw attention to myself. I'm doing fine over here. I don't need any help. And then kind of, you know, cracking on the inside. And so I did this Instagram post where I was kind of like, I'm not okay. And it was the first time I'd really ever said that online. And these conversations started with, other creative business owners, honest, vulnerable conversations where we were like, this is really hard, <laughs> you know. Running your own business is not necessarily an easy path. In fact, I don't think it is ever an easy path. I now think it can be simple and doable. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. And I think it does take help it does take asking for help and I just didn't know how to do that before and so Indie Roller was after that first post it was about a year I think after that first post and then we'd moved back to London no we'd moved to Margate I'm getting all confused now we'd moved to Margate and I came into London to give a talk and I called it the roller coaster of running an independent business and it was still pretty much this idea that I just wanted to sit in a room with other creative business owners and talk really I wanted to share my story in a way that I hadn't shared before um, in a more vulnerable way and I set the the chairs as in a circle so we could all share our nuggets of stories and so that's where Indie Roller came from it came from that event it turned into a free Facebook group and at the same time, I had also started asking for help in other areas. So I'd started working with a coach and I'd also started working with a therapist. And I became instantly attracted to coaching. Like it blew my mind, this idea of inquiring with questions so rather than working with a mentor who would tell you what to do because they knew the way forward, <laughs> someone would sit with you and ask questions. Well, not sit with you. I guess in my mind, I was sitting with those questions that were shared in a Facebook group, in a Zoom call, in a group Zoom call, um, by email. And I would sit with these 
with self-reflection. You know, I had never reflected before. I had I had never paused to, you know, I'd never slowed down enough to ask myself really good questions that that's what working with a coach helps you with, really powerful questions to explore and inquire and go beyond those initial thoughts that our brain throws up, which tend to be fear-based thoughts and false beliefs and often thought errors. Um, You know, all geared up for self-preservation, but not that useful when it comes to growing a business and being a human behind the business. So I fell for coaching. Like when I say fell, like I fell in love with coaching. I fell in love with my first coach, if I'm being honest. (laughs) And I worked with a variety of different coaches. And in 2017, I went to Animas in London and did their six-month coach training course, uh, transformational coaching course, which I then took a step further in 2020. 2020, Yeah, I did a year's course with the Life Coach School and became accredited and certified as a life coach. And it's changed my life. What can I say? the tools that I've learned to calm down my own mind, to delve into how I think about things, to process and allow my emotions to really be aware of what's happening in my internal world and how that directly affects the external results that I create in my business and my life has been hugely impactful and so really at the at the beginning of last year I really wanted to bring through those tools into Indie Roller to really transform Indie Roller from this wonderful warm community that it had grown into and to bring through these coaching tools to truly impact a creative's life, to help them create money, to help them market and sell in a powerful, effective way, to take control of earning money. Like to me, there's nothing more important when it comes to working in a creative business When I say there's nothing more important, it's two parts. It's, It's being able to create revenue in a way where you take care of yourself in your internal world, where you talk to yourself in a kind and encouraging way, where you allow yourself to feel the emotions that you're feeling and you can you know, power yourself forward in the in the way that is true for you and to make money from your creativity. Like, as I'm talking about this, like, I'm just really, I'm not quite punching the air, but I'm just like, my whole body feels this. And so that's when I created Joyful Selling last year. And I, I, 
pivoted indie roller into joyful selling. You know, I niched it down, if you want to give it another term, from this idea that it's a a brilliant cheerleading community. You know, it has quite a wide, broad, um, you know, we're covering quite a lot of topics in it. It's quite broad, but we're coming into it so we don't feel alone on our journey, which is still just as important and still underpins all the work that I do. But now we're laser focused on the result that we're creating. And that is getting out there to market and sell our work in a way that feels the way we want it to feel, which will be different for each of you. So I've written just down, I'm just looking at my um, bit of paper on the screen. And I've written a few things down here that I want to share with you that I have learned to open myself up to my creative journey, knowing that it will evolve. And I don't make that a problem anymore. Okay. I see if the creative journey is a book, then it has many chapters. And this is going to look differently for each and every one of us. It could be that you keep the same brand name the whole time, yet your creativity evolves within that business. It could be that you change your businesses. It could be that you change your mode of creativity. Because here's the thing, my friends, I'm a coach, but I still see myself as a creative entrepreneur. Okay, I see myself as a creative being who now coaches. I've also written down here that I trust myself. I tell you, this has taken a lot of work. <laughs> like This is the work I do with many of you in Joyful Selling. This is quite often what it comes down to. Who am I in my business when I trust myself? And I know what's true for me is that when I trust myself in my business, I make decisions that are right for me. I don't make decisions from scarcity, from false beliefs, from comparison, from assuming the worst, from the fear about the future. I make decisions that are true for me when I trust myself. They come from love. They come from freedom. They come from the magic and awe and wonder that I believe is available to us on this earth. That's how I move forward in my business when I trust myself. I also understand that to make money, it might be messy, okay? And this is really how I am in relationship with my perfectionist brain, when I want everything to be neat and tidy and everything to be linear, to have all my ducks in a row at at all times (laughs) and I understand that the ducks don't have to be in a row. Creativity 
is about getting messy and really finding a place, like growing my capacity and finding a place in my body and my brain to let it be messy and that that's okay because that's part of making money. And then also what I've gotten written down here is that my blinkers on. My blinkers are on because all I'm focused on is my own path. Comparing and despairing just <sighs> wrought havoc in the first 16 years of my business life. I was so worried about what others were thinking. I thought, you know, what are they thinking about me? What are they thinking about um, if I get it wrong? What will they think of me? I was looking at what other people were doing, think that thinking that they knew the magic way forward, like there was only one right answer, <laughs> that what they were doing uh, meant that that was the right way and what I was doing was wrong. Like so many stories that I know I help so many of you with now, which is a joy to me to help walk you through uh whatever is happening for you and you're comparing and despairing and to come out the other side of that to put your blinkers on and to really trust yourself to focus on your own path and then finally to have the courage to speak up so I trust myself okay in my internal world and then finding the courage to communicate that finding the courage to speak up when it goes against the grain, when it goes against the conditioning that we've received in our society, particularly as women making money, right? Particularly as working class women making their own money, right? This paradigm that we've been born into and how we should behave. You know, don't bother anyone. Don't get too big for your boots. Don't show off, right? Don't make anyone else feel bad, okay? To speak up against that. And that is something in the here and now, as I record this episode in 2023, this is what I'm focused on. And I just want to put my hand out to you right now and just bring you on this journey of finding the courage to speak up. Because I think it's a big part of creativity and creating a living from our creativity is finding that courage to speak our truths. And that's it. That's honestly, it's just been so wonderful to share this with you today. I really feel like I've opened my heart a little bit today. And this is the path I'm on now. You know, I, I, I want to say the things that maybe might be challenging for you to hear. It might not be, right? You might just be on the other end of this going, hell yeah, say it again. (laughs) Or it might be challenging, right? And that's okay, because it doesn't mean I'm right and you're wrong. It's just about expanding our perspectives together. And thinking about, well, what if we thought about it this way? What if it was okay to be an artist and make a shit load of cash? 
what if that was okay in our society? Because right now, that's not the messaging we're receiving largely. And that has to change. Okay, my friends, see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. To make the most of your time here with me on the podcast, please download the Joyful Selling Playbook, which helps you to apply the strategies to what you're working on right now. Go to www.indyroller.com and enter your email address to receive the playbook directly to your inbox. I'll see you next week.